0: hey everybody it's 12 noon on wednesday and it is first wednesday which is now podcast wednesday because of the impending snowstorm but if you're joining us we're so glad that you're here my name is tim and we are talking about the gray areas of christianity for a third straight week i'm so glad you joined us you're not going to want to miss what we have to talk about today this is the deep end the deep end podcast (laughs) Welcome to The Deep End Podcast, brought to you by
1: Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's
0: podcast. This is The Deep End. Welcome in, Wednesday afternoon, people. This is The Deep End Podcast, and I am Tim, and I am joined here in the studio with two guests. Please welcome Ed McMahon. (laughs) No, Shane, (laughs) Executive (laughs) Pastor Hello, That's you. (laughs) There he is, Ed McMahon, everybody. Somebody called you Ed McMahon this week you are correct sir yeah <laughs> so welcome in <laughs> and that means that he's here to laugh at my jokes <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> or, or make fun of them either way and then also josh daigle has joined us he's the worship director at our milford campus welcome hey. in josh how's it going podcast people it's good to see you, man it's good to be here and all of you watching on facebook hello everybody watching on youtube which is a small audience right now hopefully it's going to grow but we are also on youtube so if you don't have facebook you can join us on youtube uh if you are listening to us in post-production. We're so glad to have you as well on the podcast uh, app, whatever podcast app you use. It is the deep end. It is March 7th. It is 2018. And this is the first Wednesday of March. And so, you know, what happened is mother nature decided to have a little party and uh, send us (laughs) a questionable storm. And we don't know whether there's going to be, um, a foot of snow out there tonight, or if there's going to be zero inches of snow. And because of the, um, Up in the airness of that whole deal, we decided let's just relax, not put you in harm's way and put you on the road tonight, coming or going from the church. So next Wednesday is still first Wednesday, even though it's the second Wednesday. It's going to be first Wednesday on the second Wednesday. And I want to remind you that there's no children's ministry. And that's important for you to remember because uh, we aren't having your kids in the children's rooms uh, and under 10, not allowed in the sanctuary. So you got to get a babysitter and be there next week for first wednesday we do the no kids ministry first wednesday like twice a year this is the second time this year uh, or the first time for this calendar year but second time in this uh, you know kind of school year but that's for our children's program people to not get overwhelmed and overrun um with kids they gotta also have the first wednesday experience right correct so that's next wednesday but we're going to talk about something that is also uh, tied to the last two weekend weeks here on the podcast, which is the gray areas of Christianity. Two weeks ago, we talked about Fifty Shades of Christian Gray, which is really discussing those areas that are maybe, maybe not bad. They Some people, some Christians think they are wrong, some Christians think they aren't wrong, and then we talked about why uh how to approach this and we're in first corinthians chapter 9 today and we're going to go back to first corinthians chapter 9 but this whole argument and this whole conversation starts in first corinthians chapter 8 where Paul is talking about food that is sacrificed to idols again not an issue that we wrestle with here today nobody is struggling with whether or not to eat the meat at Shaw's or stop and shop. We <laughs> the, we no longer have <laughs> pagan temples to which meat is offered. But we have other gray areas, uh, things that we talked about. Uh, some of those gray areas we mentioned two weeks ago, things like smoking, things like dancing, things like drinking, things like- um, Tattoos. Wh- tattoos. What else did we talk about? What are the other areas of gray that we had mentioned or we hadn't mentioned? Halloween. Halloween, party, uh, yeah, certain celebrations, holiday celebrations. Daigle, can you think of any? Uh, no, wasn't that pretty much sums it up. What Some of them put smoking, them on? smoking. Yeah, I'd mention yeah, that mentioned one. that. Oh. And 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 there's all kinds of areas in the Christian life where you're gonna have to say, well, this isn't actually uh, disallowed in Scripture, but yeah. you know, is it beneficial for my life? Yeah. And that's where you got to come down on these issues. Yeah, God's Word could say no nothing about that, but you have to, as grown-up Christians, say maybe this isn't the best thing for me. Now, as I say every week. On the podcast and this is really what makes this podcast beneficial I think to both us as church leaders and you as churchgoers or fellow Christians is please f- submit your questions in the comments on Facebook we got Shane over here he's, he's gonna uh, monitor the questions so if you've got questions about gray areas please don't hesitate to Ask them. I love questions and I want to answer your questions and help you grow. And I also want to learn from you. Like, what do you wrestle with? Because sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I'm up here in the church offices and all week long, I'm a little bit segregated from normal life uh, that you experience. So I want to know from you, uh, what are those things that you wrestle with? So two weeks ago, again, Paul said basically that when your gray area becomes a stumbling block to a, a fellow Christian, avoid it. Don't do it, whatever that is. Because that Christian's brotherhood or sisterhood to you is more important than your right to do what you want to do. Last week, I was alone. And the reason why I was alone last week is because I really wanted to nail down this conversation, which is that you as a Christian are called to a specific purpose in God. All Christians are called to build the church. All Christians are called to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. All Christians are called to love their neighbor as they love themselves. But within the umbrella of God's big purposes for his family, there are individual callings for individual Christians. How you love your neighbor is going to be different than how I love my neighbor. How I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength is going to be different practically and functionally than the way you do. Why? Because we are different people, different uh, giftings, different opportunities, different ages, different experiences, and the beauty of the church is that God takes people from every kind of walk of life imaginable and puts them in his family so that his family can do different things for a very diverse world out there. Um, for all the clamoring in our current country's uh, environment or atmosphere For diversity and the celebration of our differences, we have to remember that this is actually the original calling of the church of Jesus. And I think in my own experience, and if you look at Waters Church North Attleboro and Norwood, particularly Norwood too, we see such beautiful representation of diversity and differences of kinds of people, colors, shapes, sizes, ages, Young, old, black, white, all all the other nationalities coming together under the umbrella of God's beautiful family. And I love that. Yeah, okay. And I think that that is a testimony to the world. You can clamor all you want, world, about being diverse and giving everybody a shot. But I think the church is the place where you actually see it happen. Yeah, for sure. Or at least... It should be the place where you see it happen. Yeah,
2: even like, especially at, at Milford and Woonsocket, as these churches start to grow, as these campuses rather start to grow, like the the environment, the the diversity, you know, the different demographics of, of people at these campuses, as opposed to here in in Norwood, it's it's crazy. It's like totally different people. So, yeah, it's it's awesome the diversity that you see at the campuses.
0: Economic diversity.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, socio status diversity. Yeah. bosses and employees, business owners and corporate, uh, school teachers and students. That's the beauty of God's church, right? So that's a long tangent to get back to what I talked about last (laughs) week, which is this. You, everybody listening to me, have a unique place in God's family. So last week I tried to emphasize that and I hope you got it. Don't let what you're free to do undermine what you are called to do because you could do it and it could also hinder the effectiveness of what you should be doing. And that's really where Paul came down for his own life because he's, he's, he knew that his calling was, I need to go to all kinds of different people, Jews, non-Jews, Greeks, People with the law, people without the law, non-believers. I got to go to every kind of person out there. And I can't be taking money as an apostle from one specific group because then I'll be beholden to that group. And so while he had the right to earn money, he said no. And he said, I don't want to earn money that way because I want to be free to fulfill my calling. And that's basically what we said last week. There are decisions you're going to have to make. I asked a question: What do you regularly not participate in as a Christian because you know your calling will be hindered by that thing that you could possibly do? So that was week two. Now week three. Week three: Giving up your life for what really matters. And today, if if week one dealt with don't give up your uh, don't let your rights as a Christian. Um, uh, hurt your Christian community. And in week two, we said don't let your rights as a Christian hurt your Christian calling. Week three, I'm saying this. Week three, and I'm not saying it, Paul is saying this. Week three is don't let your Christian rights, or what you have the right to do as a Christian, undermine or destroy your destiny as a Christian. So what really matters in every person's life? I think three things matter. Mm -hmm. Three things matter in every human being, every human being's life. Number one, community. Yeah, like we see this on page one of the Bible because God creates Adam and then immediately says it's not good. Right. Yeah. Why? It's not good that man is what? Alone. 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 Yeah. So it is absolutely good that you have a family, a community, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a natural biological family. Again, it can be the church family, your small group, your church, your Christian brothers and sisters. And you don't have to get along with every Christian like let's get over mm. that. You don't have to oh, get along yeah. with every Christian, but there's going to be some Christians. <laughs>
2: That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. That's really good to yeah, know. <laughs>
0: and, and some people feel guilty if they don't get along with every Christian in their church. Well, you haven't read the Bible then because even uh, Paul does not get along with John Mark. Yeah. And at one point he says, I don't want John Mark with us. He says this to Barnabas in Acts chapter 16, I think, or 19. I don't want John Mark with us because he proved unfaithful in a certain area. And I don't like that kind of guy. Yeah. So they actually split over this. Mm-hmm. They, they split, but they kept going forward in Christian ministry. Yeah. But you do have to have some friends as a Christian. You do have to have some people that, man, these are my peeps. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Definitely. Friends that you like doing life with. And that's why one of our rules as a small group uh, member, or one of our rules for small group membership is, if you get into a small group at Waters Church and you don't feel connected to those people, then you just moonwalk moonwalk right out of that small group, (laughs) and then you do the holy shuffle over to another one, and you walk into a different one, because we don't want you locked into this like good soldier mindset about, well, I got to try to like these people, even though I don't really have anything in common with them. Don't do that. No. Have Christian friends that you love.
2: Yeah, we just talked about it. Everyone's different. There's so much diversity in the church. You're not going to be best friends with everybody.
0: Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that uh, a man of many companions comes to ruin, but there is a man who st- there is a, one who sticks closer than a brother, yeah. you know, so don't have too many friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's biblical. <Seriously. laughs> Love everybody, but have a few friends. Yeah. And I think that this is true, that the older you get, the more you're going to find this out, that if you end your life and you can say and you can count three true friends in your life, you've lived a good life. Yeah. You're not going to have 12 friends. I'm sorry. No. Even Jesus only had three friends. Yeah. He had the 12 disciples, but he had Matthew, I mean, Peter, James, and John. Yeah. <laughs> so, I heard something once. If
3: Who in your life can you call at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, I need $1,000, but I can't tell you why? What, what friend can you think of someone in your life that, that would do that? For yeah. You? yeah.
0: That's a good one. Yeah, that's true. As long as it's not for a drug deal. No question, you can't tell them. No, you no, can't. You tell you them. Can't ask. So you can't ask. <laughs> they would have to. They would have to be so close. They would know it wouldn't be they a would drug trust deal. You. Right. Right. Yeah. This isn't a drug deal. No. I don't have to say that because we're so such close friends. Exactly. Yeah, you know I'm not doing drugs, right? But I need a thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. That's a good point, Shane. I like that. Yeah. So community. Every human being needs community. Secondly, every human being needs a calling. Yeah. To just know this is my this is my life's mission. And you have one, and it's not mine, and mine's not yours. And it's not, and again, diversity. The big, beautiful family of God is filled with diverse callings in God. Uh, and then the third thing that you have to have, which I believe is really ma- what really matters, is a destiny. And the word destiny is we've got to take destiny out of the fairy tale Disney movie idea. Yeah. Because destiny, the same root of destiny is, this, is the root we get the word destination from. Yeah. So a destiny is just your ultimate destination. Where are you going to end up? You know, when you get to that point where you are lying on your deathbed and your friends and family, you know, in an ideal world, your friends and family are all gathered around you to say goodbye. And it's a very touching, moving moment, but that you can say at the end of your life, I did what God called me to do, you know, and I, I finished the, the race. I accomplished his purposes. I want to get there. I think you guys want to get there, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't think anybody on watching or listening right now says, I don't want to get there. I think you all want to get there. Yeah. But here's the rub. Many times we don't plan to fail when it comes to our destiny, but we allow little things to creep in over the long haul that if we don't watch out for these things, they will undermine and put and potentially destroy the possibility of us getting to our destiny, yeah. getting to our destination, And that's what today's about. Let me say it like this. I know many guys that I started out in ministry with, went went to Bible college with, you know, went to seminary with, and today they're not in pastoral ministry. I know many guys who I used to listen to as great pastoral leaders and great examples for my generation who are no longer in pastoral ministry. And what they did and what they allowed was little things that they could do um, that weren't necessarily sinful but led to these things that became strangleholds on their life, idols in their life, and ultimately destroyed their purpose and their calling and their 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 road to their destiny. And they're no longer in ministry anymore. Mm-hmm. No one wakes up in the morning and says, today I'm going to do something that's going to totally destroy my life. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does that. Yeah. But what everybody does do unintentionally is Make little choices along the way, in little ways, with things that you are totally allowed to do. Yeah. But they become like all-encompassing, controlling influences in your life. Yeah. That's what Paul's going to talk about here in, in, in 1 Corinthians 9. So with your Bibles open, nine, uh, chapter 9, verse 24, and here's what Paul says. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize— So run that you may obtain it. What? The prize. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath or a crown. In those days, it was made out of, um, I think I read it was uh, made out of uh, fig leaves or or it was made out of um, parsley. Really? <laughs> yeah. Or no, celery. Celery. Anyway. Celery? Yeah, the Greek athletes, you know, you still see these images in, in like, if you go to Google images, Greek mm-hmm. Olympic athletes wore these crowns, like, you know, half wreathed crowns. So they do it to receive one of those perishable wreaths. I mean, that's a really mm-hmm. perishable wreath. Yeah. We do it to win or to receive an imperishable wreath, the crown of glory that Jesus Christ will give to every Christian who completes their calling. So Paul basically says here in these first two verses, everyone is running. Everybody's running their race. You're running your race. You're running your race. We're all running. Mm-hmm. But we have to run with a goal, with a destiny in mind. That's what he means by saying only one receives the prize. So run as a person who's going to receive the prize. Run with a goal in mind. Don't just have a dream. Have a goal. Dreams are fine. I was watching a Denzel Washington speech. I think he's, this is Dillard University He was a commencement speaker. He said, everybody has goal, everybody has dreams, but not many people have goals. Yeah. And it's the goals that get you to the dream. You yeah. got to set the goals to get to the dream. I think I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. I did too. Yes, yeah, a powerful, powerful yeah, speech. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Makes you like cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An amazing guy. Um, and he's basically you know, drawing the line clearly. Like, you gotta have goals to get to your destiny. So run toward the goal. Run toward your long-term goal, but your short-term goal to get there. Um, so here's what I wanted to say. This would be up on the screen if we had slides, but we don't. So I'll just say it. And imagine it's on the screen. When you know your destiny, when you know your destiny, you can say no to acceptable things in order to say yes to advantageous things. No to acceptable things in order to say yes to advantageous things. What things should you say no to that are acceptable? They're not sinful. Some people may think they're sinful. Gray areas. But they're not sinful to you because you can't find a scripture verse. You can't can't find God saying no to it. But man, it's not advantageous to your goal. Yeah. And you're going to make these choices every day of your life, whether you believe it or not, even if you're not thinking about it, you are making these choices every day of your life.
2: I think the reason they're so hard to spot at first is like these choices that could ultimately affect your destiny is because they're not um, like ultimately sinful. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's not right on the radar. Like, oh, man, I can't do that because it's wrong. So it, it kind of sneaks up at you at, at times.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do, you a, do you have a specific eye um, so like mine.
2: So like for example and this is kind of like a like a personal story mm. um for a long time um for like you know the end of my teenage years my early 20s I was a uh, I was on like anti-anxiety medications mm. and antidepressants for a while for years and uh you know when I first when I first went to my doctor and started taking them it was something that was a big problem in my life and it you know it it helped but then I kind of got to a point where I was like this is becoming a crutch for me this is becoming something that my life depends on and so like while I never felt convicted that it was wrong, it was something that I realized could ultimately be stopping me from getting to where I was trying to go. Right. So that was like a, That was a huge turning point in my life. Was deciding that I had to like get off medication, not because I thought it was wrong, but just because it was like like what you were talking about. Yeah. Is, is it stopping me from from getting where I'm going? Is it becoming, you know, my
0: a, a dependency? I know, and that's really what it comes down to. Like again, not wrong. Yeah. But could become a controlling influence. Exactly. Eventually. Yeah. And some people, again, may, they may need medicine yeah. for, for their mental capacities. Yeah. yeah. And for their emotions. Yeah. But there does come a point where you say, well, wait, are you now, have you crossed that invisu- invisible line that you may not even see where now it's no longer just helping you. Now yeah. it's actually controlling you.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And that's a difficult place to find out. You've You've kind of crossed the line. Yeah. Um, That can happen with other things even alcohol alcohol can happen with uh, video gaming Yeah, (laughs) my wife would say I'm already crossed that line (laughs) with with my specific one little video game there clash of clans (laughs) The greatest video game of all time, but nonetheless, you know, (laughs) yeah, you never know. No, are you now? Saying yes to things that aren't advantageous. Yeah, even though they're perfectly acceptable. Yeah, and you're undermining your your God-given goal and destiny Yeah, so what Paul says in, in verse 26 is he says, I don't run aimlessly. He says, I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Listen to that. I discipline my body. You know what a lot of Christians do? They want to discipline everybody else's body. And Paul says, I dis-, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I discipline my body. I make a personal choice for my good. And he says, and I keep my body under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And really what he's saying there is, I know that I got to keep some things in check in my own life. This is Paul the Apostle. If that's, if that's true for him, it's true, you better believe it's true for every other Christian out there. And because he has a clear goal to preach the gospel to all kinds of different people, which we talked about last week again, he knows that there are things that he has to not carry with him. Uh, for him, it was no payment as a preacher. Uh, I used to run cross-country. I didn't used to run cross-country. Let me let me clarify. I ran one season of cross-country in college. Uh, it was the worst three months of my life. I hated cross-country, but I did learn some valuable life lessons from that one season. And that was, if you want to run long distance, mm. you, better, you better wear as light of clothing as you possibly can, right? Yeah. Don't be carrying things you don't need for achieving your goal. Yeah. The second thing I realized is that what, what, what you put in your body matters. Yeah. Like what you eat matters, what you drink matters. And I remember that when I started to run cross country and I was drinking all kinds of sugary drinks, all kinds of Coke, you know, at college, you drink all kinds of crap. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, and so I gave up for those three months, all sugar drinks. I drank water for three straight months during that season. And it was just a, it was a, it was a teaching moment for my life to say, look Tim, watch out what you put into your body Watch out what you're carrying in your life, because before you know it, these things that are perfectly all right, like I, I don't think drinking Coke is a sin, but you know yeah. what? If it's going to hurt your body in the long run, why do you want to do it? Yeah. Why do you want to put these things in your body? And so too, in our Christian life, you've got your goal that could be hindered by perfectly acceptable things. Okay, I think I've said that enough to get that across. When you know your purpose, you can say no to acceptable things in order to say yes to advantageous things. I want to I let somebody else say this to you. Uh, because I think that I could say it only so much, and you, you New Englanders, won't listen to me. But I want you to hear it from one of one of your idols. Okay, one of your heroes. Are you ready for this? I hope this works. What are you willing to do, and what are you willing to give up to be the best you can be? You only have so much energy, and the clock is ticking on all of us. If you're going to compete against me, you better be willing to give up your life, because I'm giving up mine. Brady,
1: in zone touchdown. Father Time is
2: undefeated.
1: If he slips or doesn't look the same way coming out of the gate in
0: 2017, what are we talking about? There's a warrior spirit about me. I'm always in competition with myself. I don't think I've ever met anyone that loves to do something as much as he loves football. You don't want to make sacrifices for your sport, but when you have a family, you do.
2: When I see myself out there, I feel like, man. I still do this and I do it better than I've ever done it. So why should I stop? Yeah. I love that.
0: It's a great, it's <laughs> gives a great me, thing. Gives me goosebumps every gives time. Goosebumps. <laughs> the goat. And, huh? The goat. The goat. And he is the goat. And he's an amazing football player. <laughs> but he even says it right there in that line. What are you willing to do and what are you willing to give up? to be the best you can be. You only have so much energy and the clock is ticking on all of us. If you want to compete against me, you better be willing to give up your life because I'm giving up mine. Yeah. And if you see the trailer, you'll see that it's, it says in association with what? Religion of sports. Isn't yeah. that ironic? Because it does become, for him, everything about that football championship is, everything is subjected to that football championship goal. Yeah, And that's what Paul says about in his day they do it to get a wreath and tom brady is doing it to get a ring and to get notoriety and to get that you know legendary status yeah but it's event and this is the sad part eventually somebody's going to win seven super bowls or six super bowls eventually mm-hmm. somebody's going to do something more than he's done it yeah. that's just how it goes yeah records are made to be broken christian you do it to get something that will never be taken away from you you run the race that God has called you to run, so that God gives you a crown that is yours for eternity. And that there is nothing, there is no price tag that you can put on that. Yeah. And I think if Tom Brady is willing to do that for football, uh, Christian, we should be willing to do that for the Lord Jesus Christ and His calling on our life. Yeah, you know that's my that's my philosophy.
2: Yeah, we we used that that clip actually the um, the video the the commercial we we played it at a uh, at a creative team night. Uh, a couple weeks ago when we were like listen if tom brady can get this yeah. excited about football yeah. why can't we get this excited about the
0: kingdom of god exactly now interestingly he lost the super bowl <laughs> he lost the super bowl to an eagles team that was filled with born again christians yeah <laughs> so that just proves to you you can't beat jesus all right so if you if you give your, you know you can give your life to football and you may still lose right yeah But if you give your life to Christ, you may lose a few football games, but you'll never lose the true game. Amen. That'll preach somebody. (laughs) So uh, let's move on now into 1 Corinthians chapter 10, because now we're going to turn the page on chapter 9 and continue the argument that Paul makes here. So he says in verse 1 of chapter 10, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about the wilderness wanderings of Israel. This is all recounted for us in Exodus um, and Numbers. Basically, that they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. They wandered through the wilderness for 40 years for two reasons. Number one, they refused to believe that God had a goal in mind. They lost sight that God could give them that goal. And you might know the story in Numbers chapter 13, they send 12 spies into the land to check out the promised land. 10 spies come back and say, there's no way we can do it. Two spies come back and say, absolutely, we can do it. God is for us. Those two spies are Joshua and Caleb. The other 10, I don't know a single name, and you don't either, do you know why? Because they didn't believe. And when you don't believe that God has a goal in mind, you inevitably lose your chance at having a name, a legacy, seriously. That's what I think that spiritual lesson is. But what they really modeled for us is this. They lost sight of their goal. They lost sight of that that end that God had for them. And I think there's so many Christians out there. You get discouraged by the waiting game. You get discouraged by the time that it takes to see God bring you to a place where you want to get. And if you're not careful, you will let acceptable things start to become um, idolatrous things in your heart that actually start to wrap themselves around you and start to tie you up in knots, so that you don't even go after your God-given goal. Yeah, dangerous it's place to be.
2: Dangerous. It's like like when we were talking about you know you know being on medication earlier. It's like th- the thought came in my head. It's like, what is the first thing you think about when you wake up? Is it where are my pills, mm. or is it like God, it, thank you for God another day? Say? What is yeah. what is God? Have in store for me today.
0: Yeah, well, seek yeah. me, seek me first. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's when it becomes so dangerous. So when Paul says here, he says a lot of alls in this in these first four verses. He says they are, they all passed through the sea. They all were baptized into Moses. They all ate the food, the manna. They all ate from the rock. They all they all drank the water from the rock. And basically, what he's saying is, look, they all went through the spiritual experiences, but not all of them went into the promised land. This is a very solemn warning for us. You can go through the Christian experiences. You can go through the spiritual practices. You can go to church. You can go through our growth track. You can go through Catholic confirmation. You can get baptized at Waters Church. You can be a deacon in your church. You can do all the spiritual exercises and still miss out on God's ultimate destiny in your life. That's a solemn warning for all of us. You know what I mean? Uh, Billy Graham, you know, we, uh, you can't start, stop talking about this guy because he was such an amazing man, but I was listening to his messages on Sirius XM. They had a channel for a couple of weeks there. It's gone now, unfortunately, but they had a, ch- a channel, Billy Graham messages, classic messages on Sirius. Like several times in the messages, he kept saying this, like he would er, almost every altar call that he ever had, he would meet people who were clergy members, who were nuns, who you know, who were people who had jobs in the church mm. and needed to commit their life to Jesus. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they had gone through the rudimentary experiences to get to that position, but they had never surrendered their life to Jesus. That's possible. Yeah. It's, it's very possible that you could come to Waters Church for years and still not have your life surrendered to Jesus. Yeah. You say, well, why, how do I know? Here's how I know. When God asks you to do something, you say yes. That's how you know you're surrendering. Yeah. Like we're talking about money right now in the weekend experience. And if you are just so hardened and you can't possibly give money to God's kingdom, um, hmm, are you surrendered? (laughs) Yeah. Are you surrendered to God? Can you even listen to God speak these things into your heart? Because that's a life surrendered to God. A life surrendered to God says, Lord, I don't want to do it, but you said to do it and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, But anyway... Paul's saying, he's using Israel as an an example for us, and he says this, they drank from the spiritual rock that followed, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. In other words, they didn't make it to the promised land. They lost their promised land because of their wilderness um, experiences, and their wilderness experiences were uh, sinful pleasures. Small yeah. little things that became overwhelming things, controlling things in your life. And I gotta say this again and again so that you I make sure you hear it. Small acceptable things that you can do have the potential to become controlling influences over your life. Don't let it happen. Yeah. Don't let it happen. Uh, you, you shared something very personal there, Daigle, which yeah. is, you know, probably hard to share, but it's so true. Yeah. And I thank you for sharing that.
2: No, of course. I mean that's that's kind of like the best. Example is when it's something that you've actually experienced something you've been through something you've dealt with you know rather than just pulling scenarios out of the air yeah you know and so it's like it's real it's real it's real. It's, it's it's the truth like this stuff it, it it can happen it's not just words on a page yeah
0: i and remember when i was in college there was a and i think i've mentioned this in the podcast before but there was a television show that you know god told me stop watching this oh, yeah. and if i mention the name of the show and i don't want to <laughs> yeah. Uh, for other, other reasons, but I don't want to mention it because I don't want it to become like a legalistic thing for other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember he said, "Stop watching that show." That that I that displeases me for you, and yeah. I and I had to stop watching it. And I even to this day, if I try to watch it, I still get sick to my stomach watching it. It's just a show that I can't yeah. reconcile in my mind, and I had to give it up. And yeah. I love the show, but I had to give it up because God changed my heart about that and i needed to say yes to him rather than to that it was an acceptable show to watch in some ways it's not really a great show yeah but it's just not good for me it's not an advantageous thing
2: no sometimes god puts something on your heart and on your mind and it's like may not necessarily be a sin but it's just not what's best for you
0: yeah and let me make one more little clarification let's go back to this this is Paul said, I beat my body. I discipline myself. (laughs) Don't take your personal convictions and lay them on everybody else. That's where a lot of Christian conflict comes from. And so the gray areas, you got to make these decisions for yourself. But I am trying to say, make sure you see them in the right perspective. Okay, we got to move on. Because now he's going to list the things that they did in verse 6 in the the wilderness wanderings. Israel did. In verse 6, he says, now these things took place as examples for us that we might not do what they did. Here's what he said, that we might not desire evil as they did. And then he says, verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8, he says, we must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. Verse 9, he says, we must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. And verse 10, he says, nor grumble, nor grumble <laughs> as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. So he lists several things there. They desired evil in verse 6. That means that they, they just wanted things that God said no to. Even the desire can become controlling. Not even the having, the the desiring can be good. This is why Jesus says, if you lust in your heart, uh, you might as well pluck out your eye because that could become controlling in your life. Um, Then he says idolatry, and idolatry, we all know this, that's just putting anything in the place of God as your source of security, uh, success, enjoyment, fulfillment, pleasure, whatever, uh, your ultimate trust. And a lot of people, this is money. Uh, this is, you know, that significant other. Uh, this is your children. These things become, you become a slave to these things. You start to worship these things at the expense of your your honor and worship for God. He says sexual immorality. I think that's a no-brainer. You know, if you don't do sex the right way, it has the potential to destroy your life. He talks about putting Christ to the test in verse 9. And putting Christ to the test. Now, this is an incredible example because he's talking about Numbers chapter 21 when they put to god to the test because they were um they were sick of being out of egypt they actually said to moses they said why have you brought us out of egypt to die in the wilderness and again they are putting god to the test how by saying i'm tired of waiting uh what you're doing is wrong and you've led me in a wrong direction and they actually in, that, in saying that they put God to the test. Sometimes we can do that with constantly questioning where God is leading us, constantly questioning where life is going, constantly complaining to God about, I don't have what I should have. I know it was better in my old life, and I'm tired of doing this. And we can, actually just, we can actually put God to the test in those areas, and we've got to be careful about that. Do we have a question?
3: Yep. Uh, is, uh, regarding tithing, how can I convince my husband that we need to do this? He was being stubborn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said on Sunday because I talked about my own father and how he was the leader in that department. Um, again, wives, uh, if, the, if the husband is saved, you have something to say. If he's not saved, uh, I got to tell you, you got nothing to say. Right. But you, if you've got a Christian husband, you got to sit down and talk to him and say, listen, this is what scripture says. And if he's still, neglig- uh, if he's still resistant, you tithe on what you make. And let the Lord, through prayer and through your kindness and goodness, as First Peter chapter 3 says, mm-hmm. uh, start to work on his heart. Yeah. And if your husband is listening, I would say to him, don't be a wuss. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a financial wuss. Do you believe that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Stop being a wuss. Yeah. You've got to be a strong man to tithe. It is not a weak man who tithes. It is a strong man of faith who tithes. Yeah. Because a strong man says, I believe God is bigger than the dollar yeah yeah think about this do you ever think about this some people put the dollar over god how foolish how utterly stupid (laughs) it is a piece of paper yeah it is a piece of paper that will be one one day destroyed and it's not even worth the gold that is supposedly backed by yeah (laughs) because our government is going broke um don't get me started
3: i had that conversation at my house before, before when i first got saved before i started before i was employed here when i was a volunteer i was like no i don't think so That's yeah. not for us so, yeah. i volunteer a lot so that's so my, what did it for you i i got convicted I, I you know it must have been a message or you know i said all right let's let's do it you know because god had changed my life in so many ways that you know I, I need the whole podcast to tell you yes but you know i was a mess yeah and then my you know, my family was good my Think, you know, things got a lot better in my life. And, you know, like, who else did that but God? That's right. So I'm going to give it. You know, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give. be a joyful giver and yeah. uh, a cheerful giver. And then I, I started to do that and, and kicked open doors that you wouldn't even can't imagine for yeah. me personally. But we not. had that same conversation at my house. Like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But yeah. Mary, I was like, yeah, we should. We should. We should. Yeah. Like, nah, I don't think so. And eventually
0: you got convicted. Yeah. So bring your husband to church. I would say keep, doing yeah. it, especially for this series. Yeah. But also don't nag. Don't nag. I always tell that to the wives. Don't nag. It doesn't work. Yeah. And, don't uh, nag. Please don't nag. It actually does the opposite. <laughs> and, don't, it, don't. and we have scripture to prove that that's not what you should do. First yeah. Peter chapter three. Read it, ladies, later on. <laughs> but it's it's um it's always going to be a, a challenge there, and you got to pray and ask God to speak to him. But thank you for that question. Another question.
3: I tithe outside the church in a huge way. Do I have to change that to yeah. the church,
0: or is that what? Kingdom builders is for... No, no, no. You tithe to the church. You don't tithe outside your church. You tithe to your church. You're, uh, this is the that's principle... bonus. Yeah. Tithe, huh?
3: That's like bonus. If you tithe somewhere... Not tithing, but if you give to other places yeah.
0: after you tithe. That's above I think tithes. that's what he's trying to say, I think. Yeah. If you're... Okay. The principle in Scripture that I think you can draw from all the... And I've studied this and, and <clears throat> I've gone over these arguments so many times. you got to just trust me at some point because I can't bore you with all the arguments. You bring the tithe to your local house of worship. You bring the tithe to where you worship. God, uh, Jesus commends this as well in Matthew 23, 23. The problem is he commends it in the midst of rebuking the Pharisees for doing that, but not loving the orphan and not loving the foreigner. Okay, but he does commend tithe. So you bring it to your local place of worship. And then above that 10%, if you want to give to other places, then you give to other places. But please don't do this where you feel like, well, I'm really emotionally tied to that church that I got saved in, even though I'm getting spiritually fed here now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep tithing back there. And, and plus, they're struggling and they need it. And so you give there, but you're getting here. No, 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 that's not right. Paul says just, a, just in the previous chapter here in 1 Corinthians, he says, if we deposit spiritual fruit <laughs> among you, we have a right to a material harvest from you. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you're getting spiritually fed by certain people, that per, those people are then responsible to pay uh, you know, or help benefit financially the spiritual for the in re, in reciprocation for the spiritual food that they got. Yeah,
3: yeah. You I have I a think? friend who te- who says to me that he just gives it to the church, Waters Church, and he just trusts the leadership that they're going to give it to where it, things need to be done. Like, Amen. Like yeah. you know, man, missions and providence and Trustee Mission, and, and I, you instead know, instead of him should... doing it himself, yeah. he just gives it to the church and trusts the church. The and can church.
0: I just say to you that to hear things like that is really humbling. Um, we have accountability uh, all coming out of our ears around here. We have an independent outside accounting firm every year, I think, that comes yeah, in and does Boston, a, yeah. a full financial audit. It's your worst week of the year, yep. I think. <laughs> but they come in and they, you know, needle in a haystack through it. They're looking for that, you know, financial misnomer and they can't find it and every year we pass with flying colors and we have reports and we have them here in our office and anybody can come to our offices and see these things see their financial statements anytime you want to yeah. but you know what i'm amazed by Shane is that it never happens we have so many people who trust us yeah so many people in our church and the larger the church has gotten we still have it's like just it's all, it's very humbling to see how much you folks out there trust the leadership to make these financial decisions, and and you need to understand from my point of view is there is not a there is not an itch in my body to become rich, um, to own a private jet, <laughs> to yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm not in this to get rich. If I was interested in getting rich, I wouldn't do this job. <laughs> I would find other way because there's many other ways that you can get rich. But I would say that you you need to hear it from me, my and Shane and Josh and Michael, who is our producer here today. Everybody on this office is so tied. To seeing people come to Christ. Yeah. You know, let the money take care. God will take care of the money. We care about bringing people to Jesus.
2: Sorry to, to keep it going, but we, we got a question on YouTube that kind of relates to that. Go for it. Someone asked, can I split my tithe between things such as, you know, X amount to a missionary and then another X amount to the church I attend?
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I wouldn't do that. I, you bring the whole tithe into my storehouse. Yep. Now, Malachi 310, I bring the whole tithe in my storehouse. Well, yeah, the Old Testament pastor. I understand, but the Old Testament is a prefigurement of the New Testament realities. We, we, we don't eliminate Old Testament realities um, such as don't kill, don't steal, don't lie because they're Old Testament. No, they come through the New Testament. They actually get heightened. They get, they get elevated to a better standard. Like in the Old Testament, don't steal. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, Ephesians 4 says, don't just not steal, but actually get a job, do something beneficial with your hands, and then share with the blessings of your job with other people. So the, the New Testament is always taking the standard higher, not lower. Um, and so in the new Testament, you have what I would call local temples. Like our church is like a local temple for the believers all around this area and all throughout the United States and all throughout the world. There's local temples. You bring your tithes to your local temple, your house of worship. And then on top of that 10%, you give to missionaries. You give to, and by the way, I want to let you know, I do that. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys all do that. Mm -hmm. I I give to compassion international. Uh, My wife and I give to American Bible society above our tithes and offerings, yeah. because we don't, the tithe is a floor, it is not a ceiling. You yeah. don't get to the tithe and say, okay, I'm done giving. Yeah. And tithing really breaks that, that I can't give attitude so that you can see how much more you, can, you, you actually can give. Yeah, Great question, thank you for that. So he says, don't do these things, don't desire evil, don't idol- idolatry something. I- idolize something, don't commit sexual immorality, don't put Christ it, don't complain about where God has you. And then verse 10, he says, don't grumble. Like, that's a big one. Yeah. I'm a grumbler. I need that. I need this rebuke for my own life because I'm a grumbler. I like to grumble about everything. I'm a grumbler. You know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I I see him as a grumbler. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She almost said anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, but can I just give you one qualifier about this verse 10? When it says, do not grumble. The word grumble in Greek is the strongest word that the Greek language had for grumbling. Greeks were known for having several words for everything. They had several words for love, several words for heart, several words for all kinds of stuff. But for grumbling, they had several words. The one here used is the one that's the strongest. And it really is not, so it's not saying I'm dissatisfied with a few things in my life. What it is saying is there is nothing good in my life. There is not, God has not done anything. That's called grumbling. And watch out for that because it becomes a stranglehold on your life of faith. And, and then it says here, God is not pleased with that. God is not pleased with that. And it will overthrow you in your wilderness wandering. Friends, don't, don't sacrifice your ultimate destiny on the, on the altar of temporary setbacks, temporary waiting game moments, temporary feeling like nothing's moving in the right direction. Everybody goes through those seasons. Everybody the problem is we live in a highlight reel society. You watch everybody's social media. You get the highlight reel of everybody else and you think your life sucks. That's just not reality. You need to know that they're putting their best moments up there just like you are. Yep. And it's not, that's not wrong or right. I'm not going to make a judgment call, a moral call about that. But what I am saying is don't fall into the trap of because somebody you can read you know, their highlight reel, your life is Nothing. No, that person between highlight real moments probably had a lot of regular moments, sure. just like you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can't look at people who have succeeded later in life and, and you know kind of question your life. You're in the middle of your life, maybe. Or maybe you're going to be a late bloomer. You know, a lot of people are late bloomers. They don't even realize that. You know, Mark Zuckerberg was an early bloomer. But there's a lot of people out there who are late bloomers. You know who was a late bloomer? Colonel Sanders. I never knew this. KFC, the original Colonel Sanders. It was a real person. I think I read... Yeah. the article about this he a was a born-again christian
3: didn't he fail so many times he
0: failed you actually he retired I, he paid tithes his whole life this is a tithing story too paid tithes his whole life did a, a regular job his whole life retired and came up with the recipe for colonel sanders chicken and the rest is history yeah, yeah. i mean he was a late bloomer so don't compare yourself to the early bloomers that you know personally or You know, globally, and don't compare yourselves to the late bloomers. Personally, globally, you got your calling, you got your destiny. God sees you, God knows you. He's not going to forget you. You got to get through the wilderness, though, because the wilderness will tempt you to sacrifice the destiny for the little dalliance over here, the little thing that you could get into that could undermine that destiny. Verse eleven, he says, these things happen as an example, but they were written down for our instruction or admonition on whom the ages. The end of the ages has come. Therefore, he says, verse 12, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And that's a real dire warning too because he's saying, look, you can think, I'm okay with this. This is no problem. I got no problem with this. This is fine with me. But before you know it, it's got its hooks in you. Again, it's it's something that's a gray area, but it becomes like an idolatrous area in your life. Verse 13, he says, no temptation has overtaken you, except what is common to man. And then he says, God is faithful. He won't be, let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. In other words, you can't be um, a victim to your temptations. In other words, you can't say, well, I got, I got this temptation. Nobody else understands. Nope, because look what he says there in verse 13. It's common to man. Every, everybody is tempted in the same way. I think we have to understand that. Everybody is tempted in the same way with different things, but in the same way. They're tempted to give up on the long-term goal for short-term pleasures. Now, the name of that pleasure could be any number of things. Everybody's got different pleasure, you know, sensors. But he's saying you're going to feel it just like everybody else. And every success story that you've ever seen in your life, you're going to see, if you really get to know that person, they went through those same quitting point moments and they resisted and they said no to that so they could see the long-term benefits of, of faithfulness in that area. And then secondly, you also have to understand that God is faithful in your temptation. God is not going to look at you getting tempted and say, "Oops, I guess you're on your own here. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. He actually steps in and helps you. Right. And when you're tempted, can I tell you, in those moments of temptation, even when you don't want to stop the temptation from happening, you need to ask the Holy Spirit and be honest with the Holy Spirit because he lives in you and say, Holy Spirit, right now, if I was left to myself, I would do this. But I'm asking you to step in here and give me your desires. And give me your vision for my life and give me your pleasures and your passion because I can't do it. That's what the Holy Spirit's for, right? To come in there and give you strength to say no to godlessness, to say no to the temporary pleasures that would sacrifice your ultimate uh, experiences. You guys have anything you want to say about that? No just, no, just, just, just listen. on, yeah. Thanks. And then he says, <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, thank you, that he says, with the temptation, God will provide the way of escape. You will always see some way that God will give you the moment, give you the chance, jump out of it. And when he does, run, just like Joseph from Potiphar's wife, run. Don't talk to it, don't play with it, don't think about it, don't, you know, flirt with it, run. Get out, because God... It would destroy your life. And then he says you're going to be able to endure the temptation. Then the last verse that I want to share with you, and then we're done for today, is this. Therefore, verse 14, 1 Corinthians 10, therefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. So isn't it amazing? He says, look, this is, again, in the in the big umbrella of the last three weeks of the Deep End podcast is gray areas. Things that you could do that are legal, quote-unquote legal according to the scriptures, but they could become idolatrous things in your life uh watch out for that flee from it some people uh you know i i I watch this as 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 a a pastor this is what breaks my heart so many times to see a young man he has a call in his life and you can see this guy's got gifts and he's got talents and he can become a great man of god but then he falls in love with the woman who's barely saved
3: Mm, that happens (laughs)
0: Happens all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've seen it, right, Shane? Yeah, oh my gosh. And and the and the woman's barely saved, and just now, you know, he gets married to the girl, and he's out of the church. Just just a little while, it happens. Um, what, Why are you guys smiling? Because this is not. I'm not talking about you two. You guys are. You guys, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you guys are. are I saw. Awesome I saw. Ladies. I saw Michael
2: smiling, so I looked over at him, and I was like, <laughs> no. I was trying to pick up. Unlike what he was thinking. No. Not you guys. You
0: guys got... Your girlfriends are more safe than you guys. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say that. You are not who I'm talking about, but I have, I have seen... Shane no, has absolutely. seen it. I'm oh, yeah. sure you've seen it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or, or conversely, the young girl yep. who is so lonely and so desperate to have a boyfriend, yeah. and she gets involved with the guy who wants her to move in with him. Settles. Settles for him. Yeah. And she moves in with him, and just now, she's no longer in the church. She's no longer coming. Yeah. And, but she's got the ring on her finger, and she's, got the, and she's got the people talking about her getting married. And everybody around her is, oh, it's so wonderful you're getting married. And she's falling into that trap. It's become, that acceptable thing, think about this, is becoming an idolatrous thing. And before she knows it, she's out of the church. And before she knows it, she's got four kids or two kids, and she's wrestling with her husband about what to teach those kids when they're two years old yeah. and three years old. It's terrible, but we, we see it happen. My, f- my friends, I'm trying to be as clear as I can to you. Please do not sacrifice your destiny on the altar of temporary enjoyment and pleasures. It could be okay, but in the long run, it could be devastating. That's how you need to look at the gray areas. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, everybody, thanks for joining us today. This was The Deep End.
1: Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church if you don't already have a church home we invite you to join us this weekend at waters church we are located at 57 john deech square in north attleboro massachusetts and you can join us every saturday at 4 p.m and sunday mornings at 9:30 and 11:30 a.m make sure to stay tuned in for
2: next week's episode of the deep end podcast